0: That was amazing, so encouraging, you know, to look back and see someone losing their minds for Jesus. It's great. Um, yeah, so we are preaching through the Book of Acts, and uh, we're not going to do we are at chapter 25, but we're not going to do Acts 25 today because it is the last Sunday of 2019. So, so uh, I thought it would just be a wonderful opportunity for us to kind of uh, try and kind of praise the year a bit, bring it to a, a proper close, and Lift our heads, our, 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 our hearts, our vision for 2020. What a year to be alive. 2020. 2020. Where's Lionel Richie now? 2020 vision. Sean. Sean, I told you to play when I said Lionel Richie. Jokes. No, it's easy. Okay, if you weren't born in the 80s, maybe you don't know that song. It's a cool song. Go and Google it. Lionel Richie. Um, so, 2019, I, I know, I know because, because we're pretty close as a, as a community, that uh, many people went through many, many huge things in 2019. Maybe for you, it was a year, um, maybe for you it was the worst year of your life. Anybody? Maybe for you it was the best year of your life. Uh, 2019 might have been a year in which you learned a new skill. It might have been a year, maybe maybe 2019 was a year where you read, read the Bible and found found God in the Scriptures more. Maybe in 2019, you read less of the Bible. Um, maybe in 2019, you learned how to play a musical instrument. Anybody? Cole! Uh, I, this morning, we came in, and we were just like jamming around, playing around, and Cole was just playing randomly what he felt, and it was exactly right. I was like, dude, are you making this up? Like, we have a prodigy on our hands. Yeah, and while we're on you guys, maybe in 2019 you got married. Maybe in 2019 you lost a friend. Um, Maybe you lost someone that you loved in 2019. Maybe you got an extra grandchild in 2019, another grandchild. Uh, Maybe you moved continents in 2019. Massive transitional times. Um, Maybe you really struggled with illness in 2019. Maybe you had a a breakthrough financially in 2019. I'm trying to look look over people not to be too specific, you know. (laughs) Maybe you found Red Hill in 2019. (laughs) And community and... um, We make so much of ourselves, but we are pretty cool, I think. (laughs) uh, Maybe you learned to overcome fear in 2019, or a little bit more, a bit freer than you were before. Maybe you've fallen into becoming more fearful than you've ever been in 2019. There are so many different scenarios. Maybe you had a massive financial breakthrough or maybe you are more in debt than you've ever been uh, because of 2019. Maybe you've had a conscious, intentional plan to develop your spiritual life or maybe you're more passive than you've ever been in 2019. Are there any scenarios that anybody would like to share that could be the scenario of 2019? No, okay. I want to say that there are two major ways, and I've said this before many times, and I've, and I've seen it so many times in Scripture, through the characters that God gives us in Scripture, this, the, the, the amazing characters that are all flawed in their own specific ways, and none of them are perfect, yet, yet we have this perfect, beautiful God who's loving and strong, uh, which is a, like a really great combination, loving and strong. Uh, yet He allows in His sovereign power for us, you and I, the imperfect ones, to live out He's perfect story. And maybe in 2019 you got saved. Maybe God saved you in 2019, which probably makes this the most, other than the day you were born, significant year of your life. There are two major ways in which God moves. Number one, as He moves, as He wants to, where He wants to, on whomever He wants to, in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the, the beautiful, loving, powerful Spirit of God comes upon your life. Comes upon your life. It's not your volition. It's not your ambition. It's not your choice. It's not your level of success in your life. You might think you have it all together. You might think you're an absolute failure. But somehow, God breaks in on your particular life and pours His Spirit into your life. That is the sovereign move of God. It is an absolute transitional moment. You cannot be the same after a moment like that. And in Scripture, there's several guys that accounted that. Seeing we are preaching through the book of Acts at the moment, we know Paul was one of those guys. He was a zealot, a Pharisee. He was an absolute religious freak. He was a nut. He was so passionate for God that he actually convinced himself in his brain that the very God that he serves will be pleased if he goes and kills people. Talk about it missing the point completely. And God encountered him. He was riding on his horse one day from one town to another and the Bible says that the Spirit of God literally knocked him off his horse. He didn't anticipate it. He didn't concentrate. He didn't go to a seven-step seminar on how to empty your mind to channel the energies of God or anything like that. He was just riding his donkey, his horse and God encountered him. He had an encounter with God. And there are literally millions of encounters that people have with God to this very day. The presence of God is our only sustainable reality. And as we come to the end of 2019, interestingly this morning, I mean it's actually, it's, it was an amazing vision. Uh, down, we were praying before the church, a couple of us were just praying down there and uh, Cole, Cole said he had a, uh, Cole can play the bass, he got married and he, he gets visions, he has visions. He's <laughs> definitely a, a, like a budding prophet. <laughs> Keep growing that beard. <laughs> he had a vision of a, of a hill. That was green. And I feel that I feel, I feel, I, you know, I don't want to be that, that, that Christian that, that paints the walk with God to be this, this eu- euphorial, fake, happy go lucky, everything's cool life. It's definitely not that. We go through the same stuff that everybody goes through. Our kids also get sick. We also have fender benders. We, we, we also say things we should never have said. But the only difference is that God promises to be with us as we go through those things. And so he is with everybody on this planet. The difference with us because we say is we have this awareness. We are aware that even if I go, like Psalm 23 says, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And so there's 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 this eternal optimism in our hearts that no matter what happens... God is with us. This very season is wrapped up in one word. It's a Hebrew word. It's the word Emmanuel. It is not just a name. It means something. It means God came here to be with us. Every one of us. Whether we believe it or not, whether we want it or not, He's come here because He is good. Through and through and through and through, He is good. And we live in an utterly depraved world that has fallen in its very essence and its nature because of missing the point. That never changes. And he's come here to redeem all that and reconcile all that back to himself. How do you think he's going to do it? Through you and I. It's like I said to Jules the other day, we were sitting on the couch, did did anybody get bored on Christmas Day a little bit? Just a little bit? Anybody? Wow. Oh, thank God. I thought I was being like sacrilegious. There was a point where it was like touch and go. I'm like seriously bored. I'm so full I cannot eat another thing so there's no more like stimulation that I can have through eating. Um, Like, you know, I'm bored. I said to Jules, hey, let's watch a Walmart Walmart movie. She says, what? A what? I said, a Walmart movie. Isn't that like a thing? She says, no, Dad, it's not a Walmart movie. It's a Hallmark movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... Those those look great. Sarah and Deborah watch those things like marathon. Like one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. The hallmark movies. Why? Because every one of them, no matter how hectic, Santa Claus is not coming through. Or the last tin soldier is sold out. And they cannot find it on the planet. But that's the gift the child wants. Somehow miraculously they find one in the Salvation Army thrift store for 50 cents. And... The Hallmark movie has a happy ending, everyone cries, there's snow falling in every movie, and there's beautiful music playing, and everyone has a happy ending. Do you know that millions of people watch Hallmark movies, marathon style, after the other, after the other, after the other? You know why? You know why? Because the world knows very well the state that they are in, that we are in. But they want to know, without a shadow of a doubt, if it says um, hallmark, it's going to have a happy ending. When Cole said he sees the grass green on the hill, I feel like 2020 is going to be a happy year. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of... Alright. And, and not because it will not... It might not be a tough year. It might not be a year where God will allow us to come to emotional lows so we can so we can develop new neuro passages to come so low in our emotional state so that when we read the Scripture, it comes alive, and we're not just reading the Bible like the Pharisees do for the religious propensity of it, but we see revealed the God of the Scripture popping out of the Scripture, becoming real to us. He's a friend. He's a friend that's closer than the closest brother you can ever have. He is Emmanuel. He doesn't have to be Emmanuel when you allow Him. He is close to you. And 2020, friends, is going to be an amazing year because of one reason. Jesus Christ is already there. He's already there. And he promises over and over in Scripture, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you do stupid things, that's verse 7, I will still be with you. If you do stupid things more than once, I will still not leave you. If you fail, I will lift you. If you're downcast, I will be with you to lift you up. If you're so tired you cannot carry anymore, I will slip in underneath you and carry you. If you're tired and heavy laden, as the word says, come to me. I will give you rest. What a Savior. He's already in 2020. If you're fearing 2020, let me just tell you right now, don't. Saying all that to say God moves upon us and we have encounters with Him. I want to encourage you in a, in, a, in, a, in a secular world that is driven by performance and making money and that defines our identity to such an extent, let's be countercultural. Let's be, um, what does uh, Bono say, say um, defiant against the culture that drives and become those who are willing to slow down enough to be able to follow. So we are not driven. The only people that are driven are on their way to the abattoir. The sheep hear my voice and they follow. How do you hear? you quiet. You silence. You slow down. May 2020 be a year in which we encounter God's presence, so much so. But number two, we engage in those platforms, those spaces, those disciplines of the Spirit of God as He forms and shapes something in us that can actually sustain us to the point where it's not just ironically just about us, but we become that well from which other people can drink. Dude, how come? You, how come, dude, how, you're going through so much hard stuff. How come you are smiling? How come you refuse to, 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 to slay the other person and do the stereotypical thing of, of the world we live in? It's so easy. It, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you but let's be those who defiantly express our desire for the kingdom of God and not sophisticate our sin and give it a sophisticated name. But let's take those things to God and say, Lord, we want to both encounter you in 2020 and we we want to also be shaped by your spirit in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a scripture in Hebrews that says that no discipline at the time is is, is is nice. But it produces in us, over time, the peaceable, which is such an incredible world in the world that we live in today, fruit, the peaceable fruit of being in right standing with God. Do you know that all the weight, all the pressure that you could ever feel, all the guilt, all the shame, all those things were taken away from you through Jesus entering into your space and taking that? And the knowledge of that is... I can't think of anything more liberating in my entire life than that. It is so liberating to know that you are in right standing with God. What is it preceded by? Yielding yourself to the disciplines of the Spirit of God. How? How do you even ever get to that place? By encountering Him. How do you ever know that? By being here right now, you think randomly, or you think someone invited... No, you're hearing the Word of God now. This Word that I'm speaking very humbly... And as I, as I disclaimed right in the beginning that God uses imperfect vessels to communicate His imperfect story, I'm just one of those vessels that communicating to you right now what we call the gospel, the good news. The good news. What is that good news? God is, God is for you. God is not against you. Yeah, but I've yeah, yeah. God is not angry with you. God is for you. And you don't want to be the one. Who sees and turns. But you want to be the one who sees and turns this way. Pivot towards God. Why? Because you were inherently created for that relationship. Primarily, firstly. Say cool, please. Everybody here, alright. So nothing of value or substance or substantial worth worth happens randomly. Nothing that's worth anything happens randomly. There are things that happen to us randomly without our control. But the things that shape us, that have true substance in our lives, will definitely cost us, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, if you want to be muscular like, like Craig, then you have to go to gym. And, and, uh, and it doesn't just happen. He, he didn't just wake up like that. You know, it's many years, four o'clock in the morning, waking up. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so nothing. So if you so so this is how the Holy Spirit works, and I want to just uh, just kind of tr- try and, try and explain this to you a little bit. What God does, He gives us platforms. I don't know what other word to use. I thought about it last night. What is the word? But he gives us platforms from which we exercise certain gifts that He gives us, or fruit that develops as a result of the Spirit of God now dwelling within us. Right. So we say, Lord, yes, I don't, I I want to know You. Yes, Lord, I, I want to be. Uh, an apprentice, like a follower of Jesus. Um, I know that when I encounter you and you save me from from myself, basically, I I am in your sight, perfect, but now I walk out this this, this formation. I want to be formed and shaped by you. And God gives us platforms that that he creates for us to exercise these these fruits of the Spirit of God. And Christmas Eve, I I quickly explained a little bit at the carol service. Wasn't that amazing? So amazing, and, uh, and, uh, and so say, 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 are the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, real peace, peace not, not, not lighting a candle, peace, but peace that comes from the inside out. And all work, all work done by God, every single thing done by God and by His Spirit starts from the inner man, and it cannot be from the outside in. It never ever works like that, it comes from the inner man yielding itself to him because of his great love, and then God starts this transformational process from the inside. But it gives us a platform. If we want to express our joy, what do we do? Not a trick question. What do you guys think? If we want to express our joy, what do we do? We create a platform. What's that platform? We create, literally, a celebration. That's why I really, truly believe that the body, the church, us, we are those who are known for creating spaces to celebrate you with me? So we create something to celebrate, like someone's birthday, or, uh, or whatever the case is. That space of celebration creates joy. And on and on and on, we submit ourselves to these things. Like if you want to get fit, you're going to have to get out and walk a bit, and run, and increase. If you want to grow, you're going to have to do that. If you want to go on a vacation, you're going to have to plan it, and you're going to have to start to be intentional about saving it, because nothing like that ever randomly happens to us. 2020 for me, I really feel for us as a community, is going to be a beautiful, glorious year in which the Spirit of God is going to shape us. Shape us into his image. The kingdom of God is revealed where what God wants done gets done. What does God want to do in you and me? He wants to ultimately make us like Jesus. So we have the ultimate example. Please listen to me. If it's hot in here, open the windows. Is it hot? Okay. We do not want to be copycats of Jesus Christ. That is the dilemma. We want to be those who encounter him and know him and then simultaneously are shaped by his spirit that lives within us. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we're just clones. We don't want to be clones. We want to be like him, made like him by by Jesus. So nothing that's worth it just randomly happens to us. So I want to say to you, don't give up. Don't give up. Everything that I'm talking to you about now, there's a vast amount of it. In 2019, a large group of us have already engaged in this process more and more and more and more as we want the Holy Spirit to shape us. And when that happens, God will, without a shadow of a doubt, confront certain things that have given us security that is a false security, certain things that have given us peace that the world promises but is a false peace certain thing that is promised reconciliation relationally, but it's not true relational reconciliation. And as we continue to follow Jesus, be apprentices of Jesus Christ, we can see it not just in, in Scripture, but thank God He's given us community in which we live out that reality. And we are shaped and formed. We have each other to encourage each other. So I want to say to you, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to take time. We run. But we're not boxers that box the air we engaged. We're not runners that just randomly sit on the sideline. A couple of years ago, a bunch of us did um, Tough Mudder. Tough Mudder. You know what that is, right? You guys know what the Tough mud is? Yeah? Craig was our captain. Okay? He inspired us tremendously. We did so much training before the time. Yeah, anyway. Frank was vice captain in case, in case Craig faded, which he did. And then Frank took over. And Anyway, long story short, it was a large team of us. It's a 21-kilometer obstacle course. It's really cool, Tough matter. Really cool. I did not train one minute for it. But the, the, the story I want to tell is, is that there's thousands of people doing it. So they let you go in segments. And every, every segment has maybe, I don't know, a thousand people. And the, the, the sergeant major stands up in the front because it's all for the veterans to raise money. Stands on this massive platform and he starts to psych you up. psych you up. But 15 minutes. While the other runners are just running off, they're trying to make space. But in the meantime, this sergeant major makes you feel... Like, you literally are going to take over the world. And then, and then, the gun went off. And I had to start to move. All right. So, all right, yeah, this is fun, man. Because a thousand people, we all bunched up. The first one well, was at Mount St. Louis. So it's 21 kilometers, not flat. A mountain, up and down, mountain, up and down. Now Nikki was gone. She was like super fit, right? It's a marathon. Nikki and Josh Kalinda. Josh was going to win. He's going to win the race. Anyway, we, we, I was super enthusiastic about it. I had new clean shorts and running shoes. Everything was beautiful. Until halfway up the first hill when reality sets in. And like Dallas Willard says, reality trumps everything. And I hope you get what I'm trying to say to you here. We don't want to engage in superficial spirituality. There is a moment where we want to say, Yes, this is it. we raise You can do it. You fit. You can make it. You can do it. But halfway up the hill, when reality sets in, Paul says, Do not give up. Do not give in. What is the first thing he says after that? Turn to each other and say, You can make it. You can do it. And literally happened to me in the race. It's very humiliating if your wife says, Come on, babe, don't give up. You can do it. <laughs> I forgot to say, this is the part where I was carrying her and a log on the other shoulder, right? <laughs> yeah, two of five. No, cat totally killed me, but she trained for seven months before. So, this, whatever. My, my, point is, my point is, we are engaged in marathon. It's not a marathon. It's, it's not a mad dash. But it's not pointless. Do, th- does that make sense? Because we live in a circular world where everything is so pendulum swinging. It's either this. Or that. It's so, it's so, what's the word? It's so like, we either black or we, or the white. You know, so, okay, no, so no one we're going to encounter God and it's all about the encounter. But no one is being disciplined. No one, don't even say the word, uh, don't say the word obedience. It's a terrible word. No, obedience we don't want to hear. Or we have the other side where everybody's copycatting Jesus, but nobody knows Jesus. They're doing the things he said. He said it in John. He says at the end, someone will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, but in your name we drove out the devils. We healed the sick. We even raised dead people. And he will say, hey, I didn't know you and that's all I wanted. So what does it mean? It means that we, by his sovereign ability, have been given the choice to choose to submit ourselves to to him, to his lordship. So he's not just our homeboy, but he's our lord. And we obey, and not only do we obey, we love, we delight to obey. We love it, friends. There is where it really happens. That's when reality quickly sets in, and that's why we have community and the spirit to do life together. I'm wrapping it up. Okay, so all the runners run. This is 1 Corinthians 9. For those who will say, "Wow, we didn't even read one scripture." This is it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners Run. All the runners run. Okay? I thought we were just going to listen to the, the hypey talk of the sergeant major and have a cold beer afterwards. But no. We had to run for 21 kilometers. But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They, they do it to get a crown that will not last. These are runners. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. I do believe that in 2020, God will just continue to sharpen, to hone, to create a people that is transformed into his image. And I want to finish by reading three short scriptures. And before I read this, I want to say this. We have a human problem, but we don't have a human solution. Humanity has fallen, and you don't have to look around far. I've heard people say, where's God when when thousands of children are starving to death? He's right there with them, in the muck and the mire, in the muck and the mire with them. And we, the church, is literally over and over and over, as he says in Scripture, his weapon, his tool, his hands, his feet to change that the quicker we realize that God is not just primarily for us, but we are for Him, the quicker we will engage in His mission. And we will submit ourselves into these glorious disciplines where reality trumps everything, and we move from a human problem to looking to the Spirit of God to solve our human problem. Do you understand what I mean? Psychology can go so far, and it is glorious, and I, I think therapy is really cool if you can afford it, but the Spirit of God is the only thing that can solve the human problem. Proverbs 4 verse 23, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Deuteronomy four verse nine: Only give heed to yourself and keep your souls diligently. Keep your souls diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen. Keep your souls. Take my yoke upon you, Matthew 11:29. Learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will have rest for your souls. This is what the Lord says. Stand on the crossroads and look. Psalm 23. Ask the ancient paths. No, it's not Psalm 23. This is in Isaiah somewhere. Ask where the good way is. Walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. God is calling us in 2020 to a place of rest. To a rhythm of life. Where the world says, work your butt off, go on a holiday for a week. God says, no, there's a rhythm. One day a week... This is not a legalistic thing. One day a week you need to chill. We need to engage in a rhythm of rest, work, play. And so allow that to to, to penetrate, to permeate every part of our lives so that we can be literally that countercultural expression. Not those that are driven, but those that are led.